We have probably had too good an opinion of human nature in forming our confederation. Experience has taught us that men will not adopt and carry into execution measures the best calculated for their own good, without the intervention of a coercive power. The words of General George Washington. And this is the Guardians of the Republic. Hello, I'm Patrick Murray from the Monmouth University Poll, and my co-host is Ian Kahn from the TV series Turn, Washington Spies. On this episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about the whistleblower. So let's get right to it. Is there any polling out there that helps us set the stage? Patrick, how does this compare to Nixon? Well, that's a, a key question here, because I've been polling on support for impeachment of President Trump for the past two years. And that support has been fairly consistent from day one. Uh, It came in near 40%. It's been in the upper 30s, mid to upper 30s. The last poll we did was 35% in August. Uh, Nixon has been, was a little bit different. Support for his impeachment started out at 19% when the Senate started holding hearings into just the Watergate thing. Uh, It went up to 46% right before the House started its impeachment hearings. So, that's probably a good sense you can get right now is that support for Nixon's impeachment had actually crossed the 40 percent threshold by the time the House had decided to hold those impeachment, uh, that impeachment inquiry. Uh, Trump's numbers are still below 40 percent when the House now has decided to do that. So there's a key difference there. The question is, do those numbers jump now? Uh, and we'll take a look at that next week. But there's the numbers, the numbers aren't going to the numbers, it would seem to me, based on what we're watching so far with McGuire, um, who's testifying right now as we speak in front of the House, those numbers would jump from, to me, what happened with the whistleblower report coming out in the first place. Right. Yeah. Uh, So that's that's what seems like it would shift it. So and in fact, when we talk on our podcast uh, next week, I will have fresh national Monmouth University poll numbers on impeachment and the whistleblower case because we went right into uh, the field with a new poll nationally as soon as the story started breaking and it's continuing to breaking. So we're going to we're going to be catching this stuff through the weekend. So we'll have those numbers. But there's one thing that that I think is really important to understanding why this impeachment inquiry happened as it did right now, because up to this point. The, hold, the holdouts were these Democrats who had flipped those districts in 2018. Mm-hmm. These were Republican-held districts, had a, a decent base of Democrats, but these uh, new members of Congress, this freshman member of Congress, relied on the independent vote, right, to get in. Right. And that independent vote has been saying all along, That's I don't not like, something we want. We don't right, want I don't like Donald Trump. I want to see him out of office in 2020, but I the reason why I don't want to see him I want to see him out of office is because it's a sideshow down there in Washington and I don't want you contributing to that sideshow by getting caught up in an impeachment inquiry. And that's what we've been hearing from independents in these districts, that's what those members of Congress have. So those members of Congress have now decided to get out in front of this issue and not listen to public opinion at least at this point in their districts. A republic, if you can keep it, with those words from Benjamin Franklin, Speaker Nancy Pelosi launched the House impeachment inquiry, which is really, if, if we had to find one thing that has been said more on this show than anything else, was simply that line, a republic, if you can keep it. Right. So let's ask this question that we've been asking now for the last three weeks. How is the republic challenged this week? So the first question is, what flipped that switch for these Democrats? What do you think? Um, I think they got out in front of public opinion. 
I That's think what, I what, the, yeah, what they saw in, in this report was a bridge too far. Remember, up to this point, I think a lot of this has been for them uh, listening to their constituents who said everything that Trump's done up to this point that we've been hearing about is stuff that we already expected him to do when he was elected. And while mm-hmm. that might not be good, you can't overturn an election based on things that we already thought he was going to do once he was president. So what's the difference between this and the stuff that happened in 2016? Well, I've, you know, you, you've seen uh, the report. I've read to the, the, the complaint itself from the whistleblower has been released. And there is a clear quid pro quo, I, th- I think, yeah. in that call to Zelensky. But you even look, without the quid pro quo, just the, be, just the asking of a foreign nation to get involved in our election in 2020, I think, and the ob- the, 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 that he has admitted it, he admitted it on television at the UN, uh, in the bowels of the UN, he admitted it. And then to see it in, in the transcription of right. the, small, the, the somewhat transcription of this phone call, we see that, you know, he says, I have a favor, though. If you're going to want some things, and I have a favor that I need to ask back. You know, it's, it's the difference between someone coming to him, which he said with Stephanopoulos, he'd be fine with. Hey, if someone comes to me, I, sure, I would want to look at it. Why wouldn't I want to look at it? Which is already wrong. But now he's not saying, hey, you have something. All right, I'll listen to it. He's saying, will you go find Right. This for me, which will help me get rid of the guy that I'm most afraid of facing in 2020. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the I mean, we don't have to, this has been hashed out over and over again. But, it has, but, but you know what wasn't but, hashed but, out was that it was, and there was the day after the Mueller report came out. Right. You know, that, that Mueller was testifying and was like, you know what, I'm going to get away with this. But so, I hey, think I'm if it was just, again. if I think it was just this alone, let's say, the transcript had reached members of Congress or had been leaked out in some way, shape, or form. I think that you still have a number of those House Dems in those conservative districts holding mm-hmm. back. That's not enough. I think what you have here is challenges to the Constitution on so many levels. So now we just talked about hold it, withholding foreign aid, asking a foreign uh, government to get involved in digging up dirt on a political opponent. But you also, on top of that, have trying to hide the fact that you did that, right? Why because, is that? Because they put, this, they put this information on a server that could not be accessed by other people. It's a server that's only used for top secret national security information, according so, to this so complaint. It's- it's the fact that he put it on the server that makes it look worse even than it is. is right. That the and then idea they didn't it? share the complaint with the right. Right. And so, then they so, stopped it from going right. to So there Congress. was evidence that there was evidence that people inside the White House knew what was in that this this call was a problem and they tried to hide it. So there is your subverting the checks and balances role of the Congress. And so then is, you're doubly then by not passing it on to Congress and going right. first to the White House and then to the Department of Justice, even though both of those entities were involved in the situation, right. it, it put Pelosi in a situation where it was like, there's nothing I can do. Right. I have to step forward. Is right. that, is and, that and, and I think that the same with Pelosi and all all those members of Congress now who have come on board with the fact and that you need an inquiry about into this. Impeachment from the moment this show started. Right. right. And and I have been arguing for it. And the main reason to argue for it, in my estimation, was if Trump is reelected in 2020, the House goes back to the Republicans and all of these things happen, we're going to be in a situation where we had the chance to do something about it, but we didn't for political purposes. The Democrats didn't do it for political purposes. Well, we we still have to think about that right now. 
you know, was it a wise choice? Is it still a wise choice there? Brett Stevens last yesterday in the New York Times wrote an editorial really screaming that this was not a good idea, that right. this actually is falling right into the trap of um, and whereas you know some so many other columnists are saying how can you dare say that this is exactly uh, this is this is uh, horrible what he's done and it must be spoken out to where where are you on this is well remember I said that, remember what I said last week about uh, when Lewandowski appeared uh, in front of the committee mm-hmm. and you you focused on the council's questions to him in the last thirty minutes where which were really pointed and got it at evidence and I was pointing out that. It doesn't matter because, the, you know, 300 million people are not watching the entire hearing to get to those last 30 minutes. They're hearing what they're hearing from their their own uh, filtered news sources. And Lewandowski got in there and was able to use it as a, as a sideshow to launch his Senate campaign to to uh, defend the president. Um, it was that kind of circus. It was exactly the reason why these independents in these in these districts say, I don't want this to happen because it's going to turn into a circus. So that is... What we still have to think about with this is that how can you keep this from turning into a circus? And I, I, and from what we've seen this morning, and again, you mentioned that we're we're actually recording this on Thursday, so as uh, as midday uh, on Thursday, right? As the acting uh, DNI is sitting in front of uh, the committee, is that I think that there's a problem that they they could potentially be still going down that path. Of, of making it a circus. It becomes a question of facts at a certain point, though, doesn't it? I mean, where you, there were so many Republicans, it was a, the one of the hosts of Fox and Friends about a few days ago said, if there really was this conversation, it's a huge problem for the president. There's no way for him to get around it. So the question is, can there be enough loud noise surrounding this to drown out what's actually happened, right? Yeah. Um, and and, and, and he's of, been, she's been trying to do that. Sure. I mean, although you have to say, have you ever seen the president quite so demoralized as he's been these last couple of days? I've yeah, never a, seen it, it. It's a hard judgment call there, but yeah, it seems that uh, he's he's not as uh, peppy as he. No, he's is. never he's never happy talking in front of the United yeah. Nations. But here was yeah. somebody who looked like, oh man, I'm, I've really I've really sunk my own yeah. ship because that's what it that's what it definitely feels. But here's like. my, you know that. Uh, I have been on the side of those who have said we can't go down the road of impeachment with what we know so far, even if we do believe that this is a violation of uh, of the Constitution in some form that is impeachable, because if these are things that we already knew about him. We already knew this about uh, Donald Trump. But uh, so, so what you're telling me, what you're saying is that you've changed your mind. Yes. Yes, I have. I think I agree with these members of Congress that this is a different, we, now it's a different level. This is not stuff that we expected or could have expected. That now you have evidence that it's not just President Trump trying to either line his own pockets or, or uh, push for his own political benefits in, in the next election. You have the attorney general involved. You have uh, a private attorney in, in Rudy Giuliani, who's now doing the work of the State Department. Has, now, how, and, how problematic is that? And then you have other entities of, of the national security uh, apparatus who are now playing part of this. Now, this is something that you have to investigate. You have no choice but to investigate because it could undermine our national security. And does it make sense to go with the impeachment inquiry at this point to make sure, which is what I've been calling for for a while. And it was funny because when it actually came down and Nancy Pelosi was standing there and saying, we're moving forward now, you think back to all of those press conferences where she was holding the line saying, nope, 
not there, not doing it yet, not doing it. So that when she finally gets to the point where she's standing there and says, yeah, this, we can't turn our back on this. All of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi turns into a brilliant uh, political strategist again, because it was like, you were right to wait. Right. For something at this level, she was right. Yes, I mean it was. I mean you need something of this level, and then and you can funny. Bring, then you can bring in all the other things that have happened before. That we've well, talked can about you, or is it, be, or is it wiser well, to not do that okay, and so not that, get things all so gummed up? Right. So there's a debate out there about whether you just narrowly just focus on this issue or you broaden it. My opinion at this point is that you broaden it, but you have to be very careful. This is the whole thing about a circus. You can't broaden it right. to 800 articles of impeachment. Because there's so many different reasons but, why President Trump could be impeached, right. to but, be clear. But not, you don't focus on just this one incident. There are other incidents like that. And I think what happens, take your time with this inquiry. Do a lot of this inquiry behind closed doors. That's yes. the wise choice, right? Also, I like the, the idea of it evidence. taking time. I like the idea of it taking time. I don't think it should be, you know, when, once they hit 220 last night, 220 House members who said that they were for impeachment. I was like, don't do that. Well, they're for like, the inquiry. They're for the inquiry. That's what but, they said. But, but don't don't say you're for impeachment yet because yeah, right. we, we, the, the value of this, from my perspective, is if this can keep going for a long time— as we're even as we're getting into the presidential election, we have a president who is under impeachment, rightfully so. That's something that has to but be of here's service. the problem that I that I saw with this this morning, which was Adam Schiff's the chairman yeah, of made the, a big uh, mistake opening statement where he said the facts are clear from the uh, from the readout of the president's call with Zelensky, and then he started putting in yeah, things that were not problem. facts. No, that it he was said stupid. that it was Sorry. it was obvious that President Trump was <sighs> asking Zelensky to make up information about Biden. That was not in there at all, and he just totally undermined it. And this is if you're a Republican, if you're if you're a pro-Trumper out there, you hook onto that because that, that wasn't there. You hook on that right away and say, "See, this is this is another witch. This is another witch hunt. This is a hoax." This stuff, you have the, the transcript in front of you. And there was more than enough damning evidence in the words right that were there, in the transcript. Exactly. You didn't exactly. have to add them. And this is, I've never been a fan of Adam Schiff's and I, I certainly have. wasn't, a, I certainly wasn't a fan. No, I, I, I just haven't because I thought, you know, he's better than Devin Nunes, but that's a low bar to, wow. to start with. Come on now. Yes. No. Better I, than Devin Nunes. No, I, mean, I, I think you need somebody who's much more uh, state, understands the responsibility that they have. You need somebody like a, a former fellow New Jersey of mine, a guy named, named Peter Rodino, who was the head of the, that committee, the Judiciary Committee in um, the Nixon impeachment hearings. That's who you need to be handling this kind of stuff. Someone well, who understands. And then, and you turn, as you said, you turn all the questions over to a council. I'm Not, waiting for them to do this. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's, but develop, it's a, develop evidence. So anyway. It's a waste of time. Th- and this is where my concern is, right? I've it's always fair. said my concern about launching an impeachment inquiry is that it doesn't help our mission of defending and rebuilding the Constitution. However, because the Constitution relies on public trust. However, that's what well, you can't have public trust if you have corruption. So no, I agree. Rampantly with you. I, I agree with you. We're at the, the point right branch. now. I agree with you at the point right now. My my argument prior to this has been that Ben Franklin statement: "A Republican, if you can keep it." Remember, our our founders were not for mass democracy. They were not for direct democracy. They had a suspicion. They had a lot of suspicions about. Uh, the tyranny of the majority, if you went down that path. Our Constitution was created to prevent that chaos, 
specifically to prevent that kind of chaos. But they also understood that you needed to have the public to at least have a fundamental trust that the institutions that you created were stopping the chaos enough so that everybody could go on and live their lives. And my worry about an impeachment inquiry, which I still have, and we can't ignore it, even though I now agree that you need to go down that path because of the evidence that we have right now, but my, you can't just brush under the carpet that this, at the very end, could still further undermine trust in our constitutional uh, Without question, it can. Yes, it can. And, but I would argue that without actually going for this at this point with something quite so egregious as what this is, that would be undermining the Constitution and the public trust in its own way as well. Yeah, no, I agree that too. But I, you have to, I think we have to be very, very honest with ourselves that going down this path, we could be looking potentially at needing to look for a new form of government because the Constitution at that point would be so damaged that we can't repair it. What we just happens, have to understand that that could happen. What happens next well, that's, in your mind? Yes, I, I don't know. As I said, I hope that a lot of this is done behind closed doors. I hope that, um, uh, that you know, they, they, they start to really consistently dig up evidence um, so that, you know, we're looking at true evidence there and not somebody's opinion. Don't we have, but wait, don't we have evidence already? Isn't the whistleblower's report No, no, evidence? I think that's one thing. I mean, I, th- I think you need it on multiple, because of how we are divided into our partisan tribes right now, where we have the Democrats on one side and the Trump party on the other side, and that's the only way you can describe it, is that you need much more evidence right now to be justified than you would under normal circumstances. So I think they, they need to do that. So that, that's one part. I think the other part of it is what happens next with Donald Trump. What does he do? I, there's a big part of me that thinks um, that he is, if the betting odds were when will Donald Trump resign, for the first time to me, there is a significant chance that we will see Donald Trump resign within the next month. I'm not saying it's 50-50 at all, but I'm saying there's a chance of it. Why do you when think he'll he resign? Realizes- yeah, can you remember when when when... Nixon resigned. He continued to claim that he thought it was still possible that he could win the conviction vote in the Senate, but that he resigned because he knew that it would be devastating to the country if we went through the process. Now, you can whether you believe him or not, he said that. Mm-hmm. I don't see Donald Trump saying something like that. No. So what? But I also so what, didn't so you see. Say, so why do you think he's going to resign? Because I was shocked to see the unanimous consent by the Senate in regards to this whistleblower report coming to. Uh, to the Congress. I, I would not have expected that 100 senators would have all gotten behind and said, we don't care what you think, Mr. President. And also there was a shift in the emergency funding for the wall on the southern border. Mm-hmm. That changed as well. So what that showed me was that there was a shift in the Republican Party, at least somewhat of a shift, from going from complete, you know, a Sub, I will do what you say, Mr. President. To actually, we're gonna we're gonna impl- we're gonna impose some rules here now for the first time. That was some. That's the signal to me. Okay, that still says when the Senate shifts and goes against President Trump. If that were to happen, he will resign. Pre- president Pence will then take over. He will pardon the president, and President Trump will will take the art of the deal. And and take that deal. That's what that's what I'm seeing as a as a possibility in a way that I've not seen it before. Well, it's possible. The argument there seems to be that at some point Trump believes he's going to be convicted. The I man I saw, I don't buy that. I the don't man buy I that. saw I don't, for the last couple of days looks like a man who knows he's in real trouble. No, it looks like a man who's not having fun because he's not on top of the world. 
and controlling the narrative like he usually is. Well, see, I don't. I still don't think it's a man who thinks that he's going that sixty-seven uh, senators are going to vote to convict him and oust him from office. Well, I'll tell you. So, based that, on so how I think this... you, you have to. I think you need another rationale for why I why he quits. I think it's more like he's not having fun and he's not on top of the world and he's tired of all this. So he's going to move on to something else. Either be way, a more likely reason for him to resign you know, than 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 a political calculation. Either way, I just think it's a, a possibility in a way that I hadn't thought of before, where I, I genuinely have had days where I'm going, what's it going to be like when Pence is the president? If he if he indeed becomes the president, because it looks like President Trump threw him under the bus yesterday. Yeah, I, think everybody I mean, that was bus. that was shocking. All right, let's move on to our hot topics of the week. Well, wait, wait, we'll wait, wait. Hey, I, I got to catch my breath after all <laughs> okay, that. Okay, catch your that breath. Big, I... because, because what we just did is the reason why we started this show. That's correct. We are really concerned about where we're going. And at the end of the day, the big concern is, will we have a constitution that people have faith in that we can continue? But don't you think in a way, don't you think in a way that this week was good for the U.S. Constitution? I think I I remember that that old Chinese proverb where the Mm -hmm. farmer, something keeps happening to the farmer. Like his, uh, they say, oh, that's good news. He says, maybe. And then something happens and it's bad. And he says, maybe I'm saying maybe. We'll see. All okay. right, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go well, on let's to still, let's go yeah, on to hot. Hopefully you caught your breath. <laughs> All right, Moving on, on to, to our takes. hot takes for the week. This will have 90 seconds um, to discuss a, a, something that's going on in our country right now. And when you hear this sound, it means we'll move on to our next topic. So the first thing we do want to talk about is um, actually Joe Biden. Let's talk about how this affects Joe Biden and his goal to be the nominee in 2020. Let's go with that. Right. So the first thing about Joe Biden is that he's electable. And the reason right. why he's electable is that he, there's a, he's going to bring us a return to normalcy. Now we have all these charges out there against him on top of this. Uh, and there's a, there's a big question about whether that is going to hurt him. That's, that's one question. And guess what? It, it I'm, will. I'm actually, I'm polling that question. We'll, we'll find it, out next week. I, I, I'll bet you a dollar that it will hurt him. Yeah. It's going to hurt him. It's it's to me what Trump did with this situation. He may have put a dagger in his own future, but he also put one in Joe Biden's future, um, because he's now painted with this brush of uh, corruption. That you know, the, it's it's a major yeah. part of the story. Yeah, I think it, I, I if think Biden were mo- a better candidate, it wouldn't hurt him. Right? He's yeah, not. I agree with you. I think if there were more, I don't I don't think Democrats are going to buy this uh, any of this, but. His whole selling point to Democrats is that exactly. I'm going to be the stronger uh, general election candidate against Trump. And so they would say, I don't buy this. I think Trump's making this up. But I don't, I don't see Biden as defending himself well against that. Now, no. I'm, I'm saying that as a possibility. He might come out and defend himself well against he that. He came out this past week- weekend and he stuck a finger in a reporter's chest yeah. when the reporter was talking to him about Hunter Biden. And he said, ask the right questions. And I was like, you can't do that. Well, maybe he can. Maybe that's maybe Democratic voters will like that. Mm. But the th- the thing is, we uh. haven't seen enough. Let's 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 check in next week on that question again. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to um, another candidate. Let's move on to Elizabeth Warren, who's been yeah. rising in the polls. Do you see that? Um, this is going to help her at all? Well, I think it does, because I think what it does is I think it really takes a shot at Joe Biden. And I think it's going to end up knocking him out. And what I think the what it's going to end up doing also is opening a lane for someone else to take that centrist 
view of the Democratic Party, whether it be Andrew Yang, possibly, mm-hmm. or Mayor Pete, or even Amy Klobuchar. Looks yeah, like Mayor Cory Pete Booker. looks like the stalking horse. But Elizabeth Warren has already been peeling off She's, some of yes, Biden's absolutely. support. And, and, she and, has and, been seen by some of those folks. Oh, She's a fighter, and she's I'm not too worried about her liberal positions right now well, because I yeah. think she can. Uh, but but voters are saying that there are voters are saying this is the reason why she's rising in the polls. So she's establishing that reputation as she can be that fighter against Donald Trump. At I think the she's time. showing that she's showing that, and she's really quick on her feet. That that question that was asked about whether a vice president's child should be able to work. I thought that was fascinating. I don't know if you caught that. Um, where no, she said, that. well, she said she was asked by a reporter yesterday, should a vice president's son be able to work in countries where the country is under investigation? And she said, no. And then she went, wait a minute. Actually, I don't know. Let me, let me give that some thought and take a look at some things. And I thought that was awesome because what she did was she gave a quick, honest answer, but then she went, wait a minute, I'm not piling on Joe Biden at this point. Right. That would be foolish of me to do right. to help take, use Trump to help take out my political opponent. That's not something I'm going to do. And it showed a great political animal as far as I was concerned. Let's talk briefly um, about both of one of our favorite (laughs) hobbies, which is um, British British government and what happened this week with the British Supreme Court. I got to tell you, I was really surprised by what happened there because the English court had said that it's Boris Johnson can close parliament all he wants. The Scottish court had said, no, he can't. And then they have the, the Supreme Court, which is not like our Supreme Court. It's actually a fairly new entity. It was just created, I think, in the last decade or so. Uh, and I, I don't remember how many justices they are. But the uh, belief was going to be that they were going to come down with a split decision on this. Whatever decision they came up with it was going to be split because they had conservatives and liberals on, on the court. It wasn't it, split. It was unanimous decision that Boris Johnson lied, that he cannot close down parliament, that it is against the constitutional norms of that country to tell parliament they can't meet let's i want to relate this back to trump and and john roberts who came out within the last couple of days and talked about really making clear that the court system in the supreme court he does it all the time that there aren't republican justices and democratic justices but it was a signal to me saying if this gets to the supreme court don't count on any kind of partisan politics saving you and, right. and I thought that was fascinating this week. Yeah, I, I, what was interesting is I, I read a quote from a, a voter on the BBC uh, who said, the court shouldn't be involved with this. They should let parliament make the laws. <laughs> but that's exactly what the court said. <laughs> Boris Johnson shut down parliament, so parliament couldn't make the laws. One quick so shot. So who had, had to say, go ahead. One quick shot of John Burkow, actually. Um, in you love his, John Burkow, don't you? I, I love John Burkow, one of my favorite, favorite human beings walking the planet. A very arrogant man. I still like him. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. He needs to be careful because his first day back yesterday, you saw it on his last day of parliament before it, it, it went into recess. And you saw it again yesterday. He's got to be mindful of how his legacy will be seen. Yeah, if he cannot days. keep, he needs to keep control of that house, of that parliament. And he did not yesterday. And he made a short speech today saying that he's going to, that we need to do a better job of being, you know, respectful. So last, let's just move on to something I, I briefly touched on in our last block, but this conversation about unanimous consent and the emergency funding for the wall, you know, the the fact that McConnell even brought this to the floor, does that surprise you? Did it surprise you that there was unanimous consent? And what do you see about this emergency funding? Yes. That, I think, is the biggest indicator that something's afoot. Moscow Mitch, 
right? Mm-hmm. Allow these things to go through. So he said, hey, we've been pushing for this Ukraine funding. Uh, hey, we, uh, uh, the, the other thing that's in the budget is the uh, election protection money that got into the budget. And he, he allowed that to go through and voted for it. Uh, so there is a change afoot yeah. with McConnell. I think it has a lot to do with what I just said at the beginning, which is Moscow Mitch. I think that has really hurt him. That he has taken that to heart, that he, unlike President Trump, who's not worried if you call him Putin's puppet, that that Moscow Mitch moniker has, has really uh, gotten to him. So that you think that the unanimous consent that that the whistleblower, because it wouldn't because it, it didn't do anything in terms of legally change right. the, the equation, but it certainly did give the indication. I thought that's why Trump kind of fell into his melancholy um, depression over the course of these last couple of days. Well, yeah, with the realization that, that actually, I mean, even Lindsey Graham voted for this, right. that the whistleblower must, that the report must be given. But to remember, these things can't come up to a vote in the Senate unless McConnell allows them to. And right. this is just one of, of a number of things that but have also happened about over the just the past few. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The emergency, the emergency funding, funding was blocked. The, the emergency funding, um, which they now are, are, are releasing something there. Uh, and as I said, the uh, funding for election security, which so McConnell that's had why, all along. honestly, that's why I do see cracks in this wall. Yes. I, I, I do see cracks in this wall. McConnell is I, a big crack. That's and big that's crack. and that's it was that unanimous consent and the emergency funding that gave me the idea that I, we could see President Trump resign in the next month. But let's move on now to um, our last block, which is our Guardians of the Week. And you have a very special story that you want to share. Yes. This past week, I probably had what may be the greatest honor in my life. I was asked to be the keynote speaker at a naturalization ceremony. uh, And I was the first person in person to welcome 24 new citizens to the United States of America. That's wonderful. And and I got to tell you, it was, I've attended naturalization ceremonies before, but to be the keynote speaker there, um, I was really moved. And I was moved in the, because I'm thinking about all these things that we were talking about right now. And part of the oath of allegiance that these new citizens take is, I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And I said to myself, oh, as I heard that, we just recruited 24 new guardians of the republic. Yeah, you said that in giving that speech, you you actually teared up quite a bit. Is that true? Yes, you know, I teared up before I got up to go. I said, I got to keep it together when I'm giving the speech, but I really did. As why? Taking why? That oath. Why? Why? Because they came from all walks of life. And in fact, in my speech, which I'll post, it's actually on on my blog uh, on the Mammoth Poll website, mammoth.edu/polling. You can find my speech. Um, I actually use that uh, one of the quotes that you've used on the show from George Washington. The bosom of America is open not only to the opulent, but to uh, the, you know, the downtrodden as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these folks represented all those walks of life. And they came in and said America was the place that they wanted to be. And they took this oath that said, I will support and defend the Constitution. What was the look in their eyes as the natural? It was it was a mix. Was I mean, some, some were stunned, you know, that they were there. They finally made it. A lot of smiles because you know it's a it's a a long long process to do right. that. But think about this: they had to actually stand up and say that. Have you ever had to stand up and say that? No. I no. will support and defend the Constitution. No. no. It's like I what think, they say. I about- think we should require every single person in America 
before, you know, when they turn 18, before they have the right to vote, they have to make that oath. How about this? How about every year at the beginning of Congress, every congressperson and senator retakes that oath? They do. Uh, they well, do take that oath. Well, then they need in. to do it and they need to defend it. Yes. That's the problem. Is, not before you know, they're, every... They're, I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about before as they're... As they're as they are as sworn, sworn in, in every two no, years. I'm saying if you're a senator for six day. years, you should take it. Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah, they, you they, they, have they, to. Yes, they all take it as a group at the beginning of each session every two years, uh, and certainly the president takes almost the same exact oath uh, in terms of the Constitution, and we see how that's working out right now. But I think every American should take it. If it's it's you know one of the things that I remember back during the bicentennial is. They had a problem getting people to sign the Declaration of Independence when they actually started reading it. And maybe it's a good thing to have everybody have to say this oath whenever you go to vote. Yeah. Just to remind mm-hmm. yourself, just to put that in the back of your head. Anyway. It makes me think of, it makes me think of in religion, um, people say that some of the greatest believers are the ones who have converted to that religion. That the choice to become right. Jewish, let's say, um, it, that it, 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 it inspires... Um, it inspires so much more of a sense of honor towards that religion and duty towards that religion. And that's what this story has made me think of, that these 24 um, new citizens of our country are, 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 are here to help, as you say, help protect and, and serve this republic. So it's a, it's a real blessing, and, and that's our Guardian of the Week. So that'll be it for this week's edition of Guardians of the Republic. Yes, make sure to subscribe to the latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Please make sure to give us a rating as well so other people can find us and join in on this conversation about defending our republic. Check out our website at guardians-republic.com or on Twitter at guardiansotr. Thank you for joining us. We're going to be back next week with a new episode and that polling, so it'll be very exciting. and looking forward to it, Patrick. Okay, great. See ya.